Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast weekly sermon podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer two Sunday morning services with something for everyone. We have kids classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while the kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, 9.30 or 11.30 every Sunday. Now here's Pastor Marco with another encouraging word. Time to get in shape. I'm going to be your coach and your referee because I'm going to call out some things today. I'm going to throw some flags on the plate today, and we need to get in shape. But um, two quick things. Um, I love the fact that we have ministries, not just in the city, but we have ministries overseas. And a lot of you guys sponsor children in Kenya. So today, uh, the, the Kenya school has a table out here. If you, if you want to connect with your kids, if you want to send them a letter, today's the day to do it. And if you're interested in sponsoring a kid, uh, there's a few kids that could use your sponsorship. What we do is we, we help in an orphan school in Kenya. And we have a team that goes there every year to, to help continue the work that God's doing there. So if you want to be a part of that, the table is right next to the outside door. And we would love for you to connect. And I just want to thank all the families who have been sponsoring kids. Can we give them a shout out to all the families who have been sponsoring kids? The other announcement, this is a very, uh, very important thing that happened to our church this week. Um, our church board... No, we have a church that has five different locations. Our church board decided this week that uh, they want me to oversee not just this church, but also the Fall River campus. So I'm going to be a pastor of both now, New Bedford and Fall River. And I really could use your praise because life just got much busier. Uh, I'm going to be Dividing my time between New Bedford and Fall River, um, which means during the week, my time will be divided that way. And then on some Sundays, uh, I'm going to be going to the Fall River campus every few weeks to be there with them live. And some weeks, they're going to be watching us on, on, online. And so you're going to hear me say things like, I want to welcome our Fall River campus to this, to this service, to this message. Uh, so don't get weirded out by that. At the end of the message, you're going to hear me say, I'm going to turn it over to the Fall River campus. That just means that we stream uh, so we can be on the same page with the messages. But please pray for us. It's a big transition. Um, and while we believe that God wants to do something powerful in both cities, that's why we call the South Coast Church. We want to reach the entire South Coast region. And we believe in that God's going to do a mighty thing in the city of Fall River. Now, training camp. This is the time of the year where teams are getting ready for another season. And every single team believes that this is their year. Every single team starts with that mindset that this is going to be our year. And it's honestly one of my favorite times of the year. I played sports all the way up to college. And so this is the time that we would get ready for a new season. And I love the fall because to me fall is, is, is a time of new beginnings. Right? And so what they do, though, is before the season, you have to get ready for it. Right? This is what they call the training camp. Now, it's not just training camp for football, but it's actually training camp for the, the real football, soccer, as well. Last Sunday after church, I got me and a, and a few guys from church got to go to a Benfica game in Foxborough. And Benfica is the best soccer team in the world. Um, and... They're getting ready for their season. That was a, a preseason game. But training camp is important because you can't go into a season lackadaisical. You can't go into a season expecting for things to just come into place, right? It takes preparation. And there's three things that every team is looking to do during training camp. And I believe it applies to us this morning. There's three things. Can I show it to you? There's three things that every team is doing, right? Get in shape. Learn the playbook and develop team chemistry. That's basically, in a nutshell, what training camp is all about, right? They haven't played in a while, so they need to get in shape. Because, you know, you think you're in shape. Like some of y'all, 
just the worship set today got you like, I mean, I know breakthrough is coming, <sighs> you know, and then there's, then there's game shape. There's, so, there's many levels of getting in shape, right? You think you're in shape until you get next to someone who's actually in shape, right? Getting in shape is the first order priority. The second thing is learn the playbook. Every team has a playbook. Every player gets a binder, and they have to learn the plays. Because if you don't know the plays, your team is not going to execute well. It's impossible to play football and not know the plays. It's just you can't do it. And so they go through the process of just learning. It's a very intellectual game. I don't know if you understand this. A lot of times when we're watching the game, you're just seeing people hit each other, but there is a flow through everything that you're seeing, right? And if you don't know the playbook, you're not going to make it, right? And then the third thing is they want to build team chemistry. It's a bunch of individuals coming together to become a team. How many know just because you're part of a team doesn't mean you're part of a team? Chemistry needs to be developed, right? It doesn't just happen overnight. Right? It happens over time, and that's why they spend all these weeks together before the season even begins. So, of course, the question is, how does this apply to our spiritual life? How does it not? Right? The Bible has so much to say about how the Christian walk is a lot like being an athlete. There's so many illustrations in the Bible about how it's all connected. And I want to start by showing you the first one, which is kind of like the focus of today's message from the book of Philippians. The Apostle Paul, who was highly influenced by the Roman games in, in the first Olympics in Greece. Philippians was in Greece, right? He says this about the Christian walk. He says, look, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed not only my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out. Your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So he calls us to work out our own salvation. In other words, you have been giving salvation, but now you have to work it out. Tell your neighbor, you got to work it out. You got to work it. Work, work, work it. Work out your salvation. Right? But the beauty of this is that, did you notice the last verse, what it says? For it is God who works in you to will and to act. In other words, you wouldn't even be thinking about working out if God is not already working in you. Right? You wouldn't even be in this building right now if God wasn't already at work in you. Because you're not that smart. You need God to push you in the right direction. Right? And so God's already at work. The key is, are you willing to now become co-workers with God so that you may see the fullness of his will? Now, before we go any further, my friends, we have to understand that there's a difference between working out your salvation and trying to work for your salvation. There's a difference, right? We're not working to earn salvation. We're working because we have salvation. Right? There's a difference. Salvation is a gift. You don't earn it, and you don't deserve it. In other words, you're not trying to get on the team. You are on the team. Right? And because you are on the team, you have a role to play on this team, and so you want to work your part out, but it's not like you're trying to earn salvation. Right? So salvation is a gift, my friends, that is given to you by the grace of God. Look what Paul goes on to say about salvation. Look, he says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Right? Salvation is not a reward because you were an altar boy. It's not a reward because you got catechized. It's not a reward because you got baptized. It's not a reward because you helped the elderly lady across the street. It's not a reward because you gave a dollar today in the offering. Okay, salvation is a gift, right, for the good things, not a reward for the good things you've done. So none of us can, none of y'all can boast about it. No one can be like, yo, look, got myself saved. That's when you know you're not saved. 
For we are God's. Oh, that's so good. You might write that down somewhere. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. So salvation is a gift. Don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You're not that good. You will never be good enough to earn salvation, right? To make this team, Jesus had to sacrifice on your behalf, right? This is not like I worked hard to get on this team. No, Jesus worked hard to get you on this team. You ought to take a moment and thank Jesus that he made a way for you. So that's the first thing. We don't work out to get salvation. We work because we have salvation. And if you don't have salvation, it's all about asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. His sacrifice, His blood, His deliverance, His resurrection is why we have salvation today. Can you say amen? Now, once you're saved, you got to work it. Right? If I give you a gift, let's say, for example, how many of you guys grew up loving Lego sets? How many of you got, lo- le- wow, sad childhood, really sad, really sad. Y'all didn't play with Legos, what is wrong with you? Uh, Lego set, man, you ever get a Lego set in the box, it shows you the masterpiece and what's going to be, right? It could be a Star Wars ship or it could be an Avengers thing, whatever it is, right? But, but it doesn't come assembled, does it? It comes with a lot of pieces. And you know that thing will test your salvation. You ever try to do Legos and four hours later you're like, where is that little piece? Y'all don't have kids or you never were a kid? The masterpiece is there, but you got to work it. Right? The gift is there, but you got to work it. God's like, I put some stuff in you, but you better be able to work it out so you can see the fullness of my will. There is a masterpiece in there, but it needs work. Tell your neighbor, you are a masterpiece, but you need work. Tell the right neighbor, you know you are my masterpiece. And if you give me your number, we can work it. I always try to help, you know, I always try to help. Now, it's important to understand that physically there are symptoms of when you are out of shape, but also spiritually there are symptoms that says I might need to get in shape. So I want to just highlight some things for you today to understand why we need to get in shape, spiritually speaking. When you find yourself being apathetic spiritually, you might be out of shape. When you find yourself with a lack of passion for the things of God, you might be out of shape. When you find yourself approaching the things of God with laziness and lazy fear, you might be out of shape. When you start compromising the truth, you might be out of shape. When you start having two lives, one in church and one out of church, you might be out of shape. When you're waking up every day with no sense of purpose or direction, you might be out of shape. If there's no faith, no sacrifices to be made, you might be out of shape. And if you're not witnessing for Jesus and trying to get people to come to church, you might be out of shape. See, the thing, my friends, with being in shape is you got to be brutally honest with yourself. You're not going to make progress if you're not honest with yourself. That I need to be honest and say, I'm out of shape and I need to shape up. Because if not, I'm going to be less than who God intended for me to be. My friends, there's nothing more sad than going to church but not being in the church. Go into a building and being a person that follows God are two different things. You can go to a building and be completely out of shape. But following the will of God is when you're actually in top shape and doing his purpose. Can you say amen? Again, let me show you again how the Bible connects being an athlete with being a Christian. Paul says this again to a church 
in Corinth, which is modern-day Greece, where they had the Olympic Games, right? And he helped, he's always trying to find ways to illustrate, here's how it works, right? Here's what Paul says, don't you realize that you, in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to, don't run to participate, you know, the participation trophy nowadays. We're all winners. No, you're not, Johnny, you finished last. <laughs> all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. We can't afford to be out of shape. Eternity is at stake here. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I love that. So Paul was saying, you ever see people shadow box? You ever seen two guys on the, on the street corner? <laughs> But they're not hitting each other. Paul's like, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm fighting for real. Right? Don't pretend that you're a Christian. Be a Christian for real. Like, don't pretend like you're going to church and not be. You know? Get one of those guys in the ring. They get knocked out. It's one thing to pretend. It's another thing to get in a ring. My friends, it's one thing to go to church. It's another thing to walk the ways of God and to do the will of God and the purposes that God has. For us, I compare that to the Facebook Christians. Always have great Facebook posts, but then you look at their lives, you're like, what happened? Oh, y'all like shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, that's a good word, my friends. Paul's like, I'm not playing games here. I'm not here to... No, I'm here to fight for real. And I can't tell you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. Because if I'm just telling you to do something I'm not doing myself, I might disqualify myself from what God has for me. My friends, we need to take a serious look at our lives and say, am I really living this thing or am I just pretending, shadow boxing? Because if you're shadow boxing, you might be disqualified from the eternal prize that God has for you. There's eternal implications here. We're not playing games. When we say come join the mission, we're saying come get in shape. Don't just go to a building. And you know what's amazing about people out of shape? They'll make all kinds of excuses why they're out of shape. I had a friend of mine who, <laughs> who used to say the reason why he has a big belly is because he drinks a lot of water. <laughs> and one of my good friends here, he knows what I'm talking about. Like, man, no, I drink water all day. Bro, that's not the reason why. Let's be honest, right? Because we have all kinds of reasons why we're not doing the will of God. Well, the thing is, well, you have to understand. No, these are all excuses. We're either going to be in shape or we're going to be out of shape. The choice is ours. Can you say amen? So, my friends, who's ready to get in shape today? Who's ready? Here's the thing, though. No one gets in shape by accident. Have you ever seen a person who has lost a lot of weight and he's like jacked? And you go, man, you lost a lot of weight, you're jacked. He's like, I did? Unless they're doing that false humility thing. Like you don't just stumble into shape. You don't just stumble into, okay, oh my gosh, look at me. You don't just stumble into being a great Christian. You don't just stumble into becoming a saint. You don't just stumble into it. It's something that you do. Please write this down. You get in shape by being intentional. You get in shape on purpose. If you lose weight without being intentional about it, we'll say you're sick. You'll be worried, right? Usually, you get in shape because you're being intentional about getting in shape. My friends, we need to get to the place in our walk with the Lord that we need to be intentional about it and not just feel our way. The reason why people are not in shape is because they're waiting to feel like being in shape. If you're waiting to feel like praying, you will never pray. If you're waiting to feel like serving, you will never serve. If you're waiting to feel like giving, you will never give. You do those things on purpose. 
You pray on purpose. You give on purpose. You serve on purpose. You show up on purpose. You don't do it because you feel like it. Someone is not in this room right now because they didn't feel like coming to church today. Guess what? They're out of shape. The more out of shape we are, the more, the more defensive we become. We don't want no one to tell us the truth. But it's the truth that sets us free, Jesus says. Right? With no truth, we'll just stay in our demise. So my friends, how do you get in shape? I'm going to give you four things today. How do you get spiritually in shape? Four things that get you in shape, which is very similar to getting physically in shape. I believe one affects the other. When you're physically in shape, it affects your soul. But the thing is, we don't want to have either or. We want to have both. You want to be physically in shape and you want to be spiritually in shape. Because you don't want to be the dude that's jacked physically, but he can't handle a problem because he's out of shape spiritually. You ever seen those dudes that jack up here and they skip leg days? <laughs> you ever seen those guys? It's like, it's like they just take pictures like from here up. And you're like, yo, what's up though? Like... Why your legs look like twigs? <laughs> no, you got to be in shape all the way. Can you say amen? So how do you get in shape? Please write this down. Number one, the first way to get in shape is you get in shape when you are fed up with the status quo. That's the first thing. You get in shape when you're like, man, I'm tired of being the same. I'm tired of looking in the mirror and seeing the same things. I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of making excuses. I'm tired of not being able to go through a trial. I'm tired of keep falling in the same temptation. I'm tired of keep lagging behind. I'm tired of just making it. I'm tired of just barely being it. I'm tired of being tired. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like It starts with being fed up. Peter puts it this way. He said, look. You have had enough in the past of evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. It's like, man, aren't you tired of that? Same old lying to ourselves that this is going to be it. You got to get to a place where you're like, I'm fed up with this. Like, I don't want to live the same stuff. I'll never forget when God began to get a hold of my life. I was 20 years old. I'll never forget the day that, that I was about 19 and I was in a club and I felt like the whole thing got muted. And I looked around and I'm like, what is this? What am I doing here? I paid to get in this thing. And people complain about church and money. Well, we paid to go to hell. Y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Looked around, I'm like, this is like the animal kingdom. Bumping and grinding, lust, drugs, alcohol, infested. And we're talking about this is it. I'm telling you, that's when God began to show me there's more. I didn't create you for this. I create you to be a masterpiece. I create you to have purpose, to have meaning. You got to get tired of it. The devil is the same. His tricks are the same. His lies are the same. You know, party hard and be empty the next day. There's got to be more, my friends. He goes on to say, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. You know you're getting in shape when you, some of your friends begin to question you. Who do you think you are? Oh, you're now, now you're better than us. And now, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm any of that. I just believe that there's more for me, and there's more for you too. So they slander you, but remember that they will have to face God, who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. We're each going to have to give an account to God for how we live the life he gave us. And God's never going to ask you, hey, what would you think about Sally? You know you're out of shape when you're always concerned about what others think about you. Instead of worrying about what does God think about me. 
Come on, we need to start thinking about God. What do you think about me? And what do you have for me? Because I don't want to miss what you have for me. You get in shape when you get fed up with the status quo. How many more times we're going to say something's wrong with New Bedford until we do something about it? Like, how many more times are we going to go on Facebook and state the obvious stuff? My friends, you get in shape when you become part of the solution, not the problem. There's too many Captain Obvious in our society. We need people who are saying, yeah, I know the problem, God, but I want to be part of your solution. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a masterpiece. I want, I want you to use me. I want you to have your way in me. So, God, whatever it takes, I don't want to be disqualified from what you have for me. My friends, God's spirit says you are better. He created you with purpose and meaning. And it's the saddest reality to keep getting up every day and not know that you have a purpose. God created you with purpose, not to just pursue the latest pleasure, but what is his purpose? Because God's purpose brings pleasure. Anyone who works out physically will tell you, no pain, no gain. But usually when you go through the pain, that you see the gain. Right? Come on, say amen. Number two. If you want to get in shape, you must clean the house. I was reading something this week. Someone was like, man, I, I went to a, a someone to help me get physically in shape. He's, and the person told me, the first thing you got to do is go home and clean the house. Because you don't want to be tempted at midnight with those snacks. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Right? You're like, you had a good workout, and then 2 in the morning, the Twinkies are calling you. But you have, a better, you, bet you have a better success rate if the Twinkie is not in the house. So spiritually speaking, there are some things we need to clean if we're going to see the will of God. Look what the Bible says in, in the book of Hebrews about this. He said, look, therefore, since we are surrounded by such huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. In other words, there's a lot of people who shows you how to live by faith. Right? Let us, let us what? Strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trip us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. You got to be honest with yourself if you're going to be in shape. Someone asked you some questions today. <laughs> What's slowing you down? Funny thing about us is we already know these things. We know. We're just so out of shape, we don't want to pick up the weight. But what's slowing you down? You already know what it is. Or better yet, who's slowing you down? It's very hard to run with someone on your back. It's very hard with Timberland boots. You ever been at the gym and, 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 and you try to go on a treadmill and the guy next to you has those really tiny shorts? <laughs> you ever had that experience? And they're clueless. <laughs> and you're like, I can't work out anymore. Like, this is over. But there's a reason for that. Because they know, like, if I'm going to have a good run here, the less weight, the better. My friends, spiritually speaking, if you're going to run the race God has for you, you got to shed some of the stuff that's holding you back and the people that's holding you back. So what's tripping you up? You know what it is. Some of you, you'll be in church today. You're excited. God's speaking to you. But what do you do? You go right back to the same environment. And you wonder why it doesn't take root. Some of you, you live here and God has blessed you and he's speaking to you. And you might even come to the altar and cry, but you go right back to the same relationship. That's not blessing your life. You got you to make a decision here. Because if not, we're just lying to ourselves. God will not bless sin. He just won't. 
He's holy. He doesn't coexist with sin. We keep lying to ourselves, especially nowadays. God is love. Yes, he's love, but keep going. He's holy. He's righteous. He's, he's kind. He's merciful. Right? God wants you to be holy. Can't be going back to lifestyles that God doesn't bless. Something's got to give. It's, I'm telling you, I've been in church for 20-something years. It breaks my heart. People will come and start getting delivered, and they go halfway through deliverance. Why? Because they go right back. They keep making the same decisions, expecting different results. My friends, that's called insanity. You have to pinpoint what or who. Identify it. Cut it loose. Surrender it. Because this, this fight and this run and this race, you got to run lean and mean. If you're going to go somewhere in God. When God got a hold of me at 20 years old, I didn't care about my friends. I love them, but I didn't care to let them bring me back. I'd never forget one of my good friends told me. Because I didn't know everything about God yet. It just happened. And I'm trying to explain to them, man, that something has happened to me. I've got a revelation. Something has got a hold of me. And one of my friends says, ah, I'll give you a few weeks. You'll come right back. My friends, that was a prophetic word that gave me the fuel to say, no, no, no. I know what God has done for me, and I'm not going back. So make up your mind about what you want. You can't walk with God and the world. Just can't. It's worst, actually, the Bible says. The Bible says when you go back to your sin, it's like a dog, a dog going back to his vomit. See the graphic picture it gives you there? God's like, I set you free from sin. Why would you go back and flirt with it? Why would you go back and, and mess with it? Why would you go back and hang with it? You're supposed to go forward. I created you to be a masterpiece. My friends, we have to be honest. Listen. What you watch, what you touch, what you hear affects your soul. So you must be selective about what comes in. Jesus said your eyes are the windows to your soul. You can't be watching pornography all day and expect your soul to flourish. Your ears are the gateways to your soul. You can't be listening to perversion all day and expect your soul to flourish. What you touch, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You can't be sleeping around and expect your soul to flourish. My friends, we've got to make a decision. What do we want? My friends, when you're heaven focused, everything else has got to go. I want to make it. I want to make it all the way. As a pastor, I'm seeing a lot of pastors fall into temptation. And you know what my prayer is? God, help me make it all the way. Not halfway. Not some way. I want to make it all the way. I tell you straight up, my biggest fear in life is to be that guy who used to be on fire for Jesus. I don't want to be the guy that used to be, the guy that used to. No, I want to be it now, whatever it takes. Because if, if I'm not feeling Jesus, it's not him that moves, it's me. It's me. My friends, we're here to be God's people, not kinder. We're here to be his. And we're either going to be all in or we're not going to be. You cannot be half pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. That's what this life is about, my friends. Heaven focus. Everything else has got to go. When Jesus revealed himself to you, he didn't come to give you half of revelation. He came to give you fullness of revelation. When Jesus gave his life, he didn't give you half of his life. He gave you his entire life. So we got to make up our mind if we want to be in shape. Can you say amen? Number three, if you're going to be in shape, you must develop a routine. People who are in shape have a routine. 
It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. John Maxwell said this. John Maxwell said, successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally. You can't do stuff occasionally. Expect the same results of people who put in the work daily to see the will of God in their lives. My friends, I've been reading the Bible every single day for the last 21 years. Listen, I'm serious. I'm not looking for applauses. It's got to be a discipline, a regiment, a desire, a passion that I want God's will for my life. I'm not here to play games. I'm not here to give half of my heart. I'm here to give my entire being. And remember, I wasn't born with a pastor in front of my name. Because people think, oh, you're a pastor. You No, no, no. I was, I'm Marco to God. He doesn't call me by a title. No, it's about a relationship and building it. No relationship is built overnight. It's built over time. It comes down to a routine, the power of repetition. Look what the psalmist says in Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Verse 3 says, They are like trees planted around the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Don't we want to be trees planted? Don't we want to be pillars in God's house? You know many people just in five years have come and gone in this place? For whatever reason. But a lot of them never grew roots down to be able to withstand the storms and the trials and the tribulations that comes their way. And any little thing bothers them. They're easily offended. They're easily withdrawn. They don't understand that everything is a test. That God is trying to say, how deep do you want your roots to go? Are you willing to let me help you put down roots so you're not flaky, so you're not wishy-washy, looking around, bouncing from church to church, bouncing from house to house, bouncing from relationship to relationship? But it takes a daily routine. The fall is coming. You know what's going to happen? The leaves are going to change. The trees are going to change. Why? Because God built it that way. And there's seasons in your life too that God has built into your system so you can bear fruit in due time. But you must have a routine. You don't do this occasionally. And you don't do this by accident. No one becomes holy by accident. No one serves by accident. No one prays by accident. No one serves the city by accident. It's all done on purpose. Listen, here's what needs to be part of your routine. If you're serious about being in shape spiritually, what's the two things that the doctor always asks you when you go for your physical? Every single time. Are you eating right? Are you exercising? Every time. Even if they're not doing it, they ask you those questions. You ever seen the doctors tell you not to smoke, and then you find them when they break? And <laughs> they like, talk, what happened? Do what I say, no, what did I do? No, 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 we're Christians. Follow me because I'm following Jesus. Like, you can do what I'm doing because I'm following Jesus. Look, we got to have a routine. You eat healthy means that you got to have a prayer life, and you got to have a reading life. That's how you eat spiritually. If you don't pray every day, you're malnourished. We just started an internship with some of our young people. I told them, I said, can you imagine if you only ate once a week? He says, well, why do we do that spiritually? Just wait for Sunday to come around. You're never going to be in shape if all you do is eat once a week. Prayer needs to be a daily regiment. Because why? Prayer is how I communicate with God. It's how I stay in his wavelength. It's how I get his heart. It's how I get his purpose. In the Bible, it's how God communicates back to me. If I'm not doing that, then I'm just going with whatever comes my way. Whatever I feel like doing. Whatever I don't feel like doing. But my soul needs nourishment. 
I believe in the power of praying and reading every single day. Why do we have a bookstore? So you can get something to feed your soul. And we have books for every type of stuff that you want to know about. You want your marriage to get better? Invest in it. Don't just pray about your marriage. Get a book. Honey, let's read this together. Let's grow together. Let's pray together. You want your kids to get better? Then get some parenting book and begin to work on getting your teens better. You think by just yelling at them, they're going to get better? No, you got to work on it. You want to know how to pray? Get a prayer book. You want to know how to worship? Get a worship book. Whatever, like God has it available. It's a Bible app. I use it every single day. It's the first thing I do in the morning. What is the verse of the day? So I can focus my mind on the Word of God. First thing in the morning, I believe in rotations. I believe in routine. The first thing in the morning, I need God's Word. Because by nature, I'm negative. I need right away, God, fill my mind right now. No matter how tired I am, that's the first thing of order of business. God, what is your Word? And usually that Word will carry me through the day. And help carry others. Because it's not just about you. My friends, if you're going to be in shape, you have to exercise spiritually. How do you exercise spiritually? You serve and you give. How do we know this? Because Jesus said he came to serve. If all you do is read your Bible and pray, but you don't serve and give, you are spiritually fat. And I know a lot of spiritual fat Christians who know a lot of Bible verses, but don't do anything with the Bible verses that they know. Matter of fact, some of the biggest oppositions I've had since I've been in New Bedford has come from spiritually fat Christians who don't care about a dying world. All they care is about being right and, 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 and breaking down the Greek and Hebrew, but don't care about people. And that's why Jesus said, you know the Bible, but you don't know me. We need to know Jesus. Why do you think this church is growing and flourishing? Because we don't just know the Bible. We connect with people and we serve people and we bless people and we help people. Why do we tell you to join the mission? Because if all you do is come to church and don't apply it, all you are doing is eating but not exercising. And if you don't exercise, you just become spiritually obese. It's both, my friends. It's I get, I receive so I can give. I told you this last week, every Sunday, my heart is to pour out everything I got to you. Because when I do that, God trusts me with more. But if I hoard it for myself, God's like, what's the point? I told my staff this week, what would be the point of having a church filled with people who already know God? In a world who doesn't know him, what would be the point of that? That would be boring. If I'm not taking what God is teaching me here and bring it to job tomorrow and bring it to my workplace and bring it to my neighborhood, then, man, we're missing it. It needs to be that I receive and I give. I receive and I give. And Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive because that's the secret. When you're giving, you're actually receiving. With everything we have going on, why do we say yes to the Fall River campus? Because, man, I want to leave this earth empty. I want to know, I God, I gave everything that I got. I'm not holding nothing back. I'm going to give everything I have to see more people come to Jesus, to know you. I'm going to die empty. I'm not going to die fat. I'm not going to die filled. I'm going to die empty. Everything you got, I'm going to pour it out to you. Everything. Miles Monroe, one of the power, most, one of the greatest messages I've ever heard in my life. Go Google it. Die empty. He said the, the richest place on earth is cemeteries. Because people, cemeteries die, people filled with dreams and hopes and aspirations, but they never pursue them. I want to die empty. I want to teach my kids what it means to sacrifice. I want to teach my kids what it means to go all out for Jesus. If this Jesus is real, then I'm going all out for him. Because I know at the end of it, I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want to go reserve. This blows my mind. We're, we're working hard and some people talk about, I can only serve every few weeks. What do we, then don't. 
We don't need it. We need people all, all in with Jesus who know this is the greatest thing I can do with my life is to serve God and to serve people. If I'm serving God and serving people, I am fulfilled. I am content. I am happy. Because I, I know, you know what I ask a lot is what else is there? What else is there? Everything else is so empty. Because fulfillment comes when I'm serving, when I'm giving my time, my talent, my treasure. Tithing to me is elementary serving. It's not even that hard to tithe when you understand that it's 100% his. It's not hard. It's all about am I in shape spiritually? Because if I am, what's tithing? Every January we pray, God, how much more can we give? Every single year, how much more can we give? Never, how can we give less? Like if your heart is, how can I do less? You're out of shape. It's always, God, what else do you want to do? Because God will never let you go on empty. If you're giving, he's going to fill you. Can you say amen? Listen, last thing today, and this is what it comes down to. Only a true and genuine relationship with Jesus will keep you in shape. After everything, if it's not a love relationship, you won't stay in shape. If you operate out of fear, obligation, I have to, you will never be in shape. This thing is a love relationship. It's a, I tell I, people all the time, we have a saying right there where they come out. If you, if you see the behind the curtain, there's a big saying. It says, can you believe we get to do this? So we be reminded often because I don't want them to think you're superstars because they ain't. Without the anointing of Jesus, all they are is a glorified band. And there's glorified bands in every street corner, on a bar somewhere. Ching, 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 ching. No, we don't want glorified band. We want anointed people to lead. My friend, it's one of those scriptures that really rips your heart. Jesus said this. He said, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Man, if, if as a believer, if that doesn't rip your heart, I don't know what will. Jesus said, man, you left your first love. Notice he didn't say, I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe you're doing that. He's like, man, what happened to your first love? Because love is the greater motivating factor in the world. That was, that's what cuts me. I have to check my heart often. Am I operating on the love of God? Or is it just, I, I'm obligated to? My friends, we get to do this because of Jesus' love. Yesterday I was here. Mary Lou was vacuuming. And that blesses me. You know why? She does it with love. Her face is lit up. Mary Lou, do me a favor, stand for a second, because I just feel the Lord wants me to say this. You are he's talking about. He said the greatest in the kingdom will be the servant of all. When we get to heaven, we will thank you for your service. Mary Lou, as a pastor, we also strive to be like you. Serving God, no spotlight, no one needs to know, but the Lord knows your heart, and he knows why you do it, and you bless my life for what you do. There are people right now in the kids' ministry that give and give and give and give, but the Lord knows. The Lord will bless each and every one who gives. Peter said, what happens to us? We gave everything. Jesus said, listen, I'll bless you here and I'll bless you in eternity when you give your life to me and you let me have your way with you.
That's what it means to be in shape. It's to say, Lord, how do you want to use my life? How do you want to pour out my life as a living sacrifice? And you're just one of many. We have amazing people here who just do amazing things. It blows my mind. You show up to church, there's something happening all the time. And it's like, that's the love of Jesus. My friends, all of us are a masterpiece. He didn't say some of you. He said, I created all of you to be a masterpiece. Are we willing to let him get a hold of us, mold us, shape us until we look like him? When we're no longer looking for accolades, we're no longer looking for attention, we're no longer looking for someone to put it on the spotlight because we know, Jesus, if it wasn't for your love, I wouldn't even be here. I pray our church operates on the love of Jesus. I pray our church is known for loving. We just did serve the city again, and I love hearing the reports, just going and blessing people. To be honest with you, I don't even care if they come to church. That's not the point. The point is that they have received the love of Jesus exactly where they were. If none of them ever come to church, the church came to them. That, my friends, is operating on the love of Jesus. My friends, Jesus, when you're in shape, Jesus is the lover of your soul. Uh, my wife and I just finished another six days of Daniel fast because we love Jesus. We knew we're coming out of vacation sluggish. You eat a lot on vacation. And we're like, let's go through a cleansing, not just physically, but spiritually, so we can be in shape to tackle the things that God has for us. I don't fast because I have to. I fast because I want to be in shape so I can do the things of God well. My friends, when it's all said and done, we all want to hear, well done. Well done. My good and faithful servant. Would you stand with me as we pray this morning? I want to invite you to personalize this message. Would you take a moment, bow your heads, close your eyes, zero in on the Holy Spirit. And ask yourself the question, what do I need to surrender to God today so I can be in shape? We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, please share it with another person. And for more information, visit our website, newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.